Um, just want to let everybody know, first through third grade will be staying up today for the remainder of the service, so just let everybody know. cross of Jesus going on before. Hi, my name is Rachel. The title of our drama is The Battle. The aim of our presentation is to use creative license to dramatize the unseen, unrecognized spiritual battle that goes on in our churches every week. We hope that our presentation helps to make believers more aware of the battle that takes place as the unseen forces of darkness do all they can do to hinder the preaching of the word of God and attempts to keep people from coming to the Lord Jesus Christ. Ephesians 6.12 says, For we are not fighting against people made of flesh and blood, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world against the realms of darkness who rule this world and against wicked spirits in the heavenly realms. Join us as we pull back the curtain that prevents us from seeing the world of angels and demons. Watch as we show you the battle that goes on unseen all around us. The battle. Unbelief, old friend. It's good to see we're going to be working on this project together. Yes, Confusion. This should be an interesting and profitable day for both of us. Profitable day indeed. These stupid humans will never learn they're in a war. A spiritual war. Well, if we know what's good for us, we'll make sure they don't find out. If they started to watch and pray, they would make our job much harder for us. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we gather here today. Looks like it's time for us to get to work. Let's do it. Let's show them what war is all about. Amen. Please be seated. Ladies and gentlemen, today I felt led to preach on this topic, the separation of sin. My friends, the Bible tells us that God is holy, and because he is holy, he cannot allow sin to enter his presence. Oh boy, here we go again. How many times do we have to hear how our sin separates us from God? Ma'am, you don't need to hear that. What a bummer. Isn't there enough negative things in life already? We need a positive message. That's it, a positive message. You know, God is love. He'll understand. Everything will turn out okay. This guy's a real downer. 
Listening to your iPod's probably better than this guy. And don't worry your mind on all that sin and separation stuff. The Bible is the inspired word of God, God's message to man. It, and it tells us that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. It also tells us because of that sin, we are separated from God. And that's not my words. That's God's word, the Bible. The Bible said it. I believe it. Great. The Bible said it. Who do you think he's talking to? Some illiterate? You have a PhD? All educated people know the Bible's full of fairy tales and contradictions? Take my word for it. Forget what the Bible says. It's out of date anyway. Read the bulletin. At least it's up to date. The wages of sin is death, separation from God. In that place the Bible calls hell, lake of fire, where all those who don't receive Jesus Christ will be tormented forever and ever. Now I find that hard to believe. How could a loving God send anyone to hell? If there is such a place. No way. God loves you. He would never send you to hell. Doesn't the Bible say God is love? Just trust in that love and you'll be okay. Trust me. You look tired. Why don't you rest your eyes? Make believing you're praying. Nobody will know the difference. Yes, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. John 3.16 says, For God so loved us that he gave his Son, that if we believe in him, we will have everlasting life. Our sins have separated us from God, but he has given us the free gift of eternal life. We can't earn it. We don't deserve it. It's a free gift. Free gift? Now you know better than that. Nothing in this world is free. You have to work for anything worth having. Doesn't the Bible say God helps those who help themselves? You want to get on God's good side? Join the church. Be baptized. Sing in the choir. And don't forget to invite the pastor to dinner. Forget that free stuff. You have to work at it. Hey, wasn't your friend supposed to come for lunch? You better text them to make sure. And now, just how do we get that free gift? Let's do it. Boy, it sure is cold in here. You better put your coat on. Don't you think it's time for some candy? Boy, your mouth is sure dry. Hey, your friend took your book. Get it back. You need it. Don't you think it's hot in here? You better take your coat off. That's all it takes. It can't be any clearer. Will you please bow your heads and close your eyes? You better not stay any longer. You have to meet your friend up for lunch. Besides, all the important stuff's been said already. You better leave. This morning you've heard that sin separates us from God. But Jesus Christ has paid for that sin. And eternal life waits for all who will receive him into their lives. Will you invite him into your life today? If so, come near the front. Whoa! What's the rush, friend? Think of all the fun times you have to give up. Hold on there. Where do you think you're going? What will all your friends think if you do this? Stay put. Don't move. Think about it. You have time. Don't rush into this. Hold on there. Where do you think you're going? You don't have to walk an aisle. Don't make a spectacle of yourself. Let's close in prayer. Well, old friend, it looks like we kept this service from getting out of hand. We sure did. This is another job well done.
Wait a minute. Who's that? What's she doing? Stop that! You don't know what you're doing. Calm down. Take it easy. You can't win them all. Some are bound to slip through. We just have to make sure she doesn't grow up spiritually. Great day, isn't it? Wonderful day, in fact. By the way, did you really mean that prayer? Do you really believe God can forgive you? <laughs> yeah. Satan is a defeated enemy, but nevertheless he does all that he can to keep us from coming to Jesus Christ or to keep his believers from hearing and obeying the word of God. Although he is often successful because many of us are unaware of his tactics or are not ready for his attacks. Ephesians 6.13 says, Therefore put on the full armor of God so that when the devil, so that on the day of of e- when the day of evil comes, you may be able to withstand your ground, and after you have done everything, to stand. Have you put on the full armor of God? Or would you be able to resist the devil because you are watching and praying? Always remember to be ready because you, friends, are in the battle.
I am so glad there's TAS tests are over. Those things are really a pain. You aren't kidding, Lori. I've had more fun babysitting my little brother. <laughs> that says a lot. Your little brother reminds me of a hyper-Tasmanian devil. Are you guys still coming to... Are you guys still coming to the lock-in tonight? I think it starts at 7. Yeah, I just have to go to the store with my mom first. Then I'll run home and change and get my stuff together. Are we taking our matching pajamas and makeup to the lock-in? Duh, of course we are. I haven't worn my pajamas all week to make sure they didn't get stuck in the dirty clothes. That dirty clothes hamper at my house is like a black hole. The men's gravity just pulls them in. Clothes go in and never come out. You have some really weird scientific thoughts, Karen. Sometimes you scare me. Do you think about this stuff all the time? Or does it just pop into your head at random? I can't help it. I just love science. Well, I am not a science person. Neither am I. But we, but we love, love you anyways. anyways. <laughs> <laughs> oh, great. Here comes Jeff, Sam, and Natalie, the three wackiest heavy metal kids at our high school. Maybe they won't see us. It drives me crazy when they bug us about church. Hey, girls. I was on the other side of the tracks. Our side is having a blast. The good side is having plenty of fun. Thanks, Sam. So, Lori, did you ever check out that body piercing shop I recommended? You would really look good with a belly button ring. Uh, no. You goody girls going to the big rock concert festival this weekend? There'll be tons of people there. Lots of wild stuff to do and see, if you know what I mean. And uh, some awesome bands, especially Bank Spanky Godfather and the Pitchfork Pirates. They're the hottest rockers anywhere right now. Rock, rock all day. Rock all day. Rock and Oh, yeah. I am so disappointed I can't make it. Fortunately, I got other things to do this weekend. Same here. Let me guess. You all have some church thing to go to. You actually think you'll have fun singing and studying the Bible? What a waste of time. I've had enough. Let me explain this so even you guys can understand. Yes, we do have a church activity this weekend, and yes, we enjoy going. We spend time with our Christian friends who all have similar interests and spiritual goals. We value our eternal future, and no, it is nowhere close to a waste of time. Wow, you mean you actually think about eternity? That's right. Someday, Amy, Lori, and I expect to go to heaven to see God, to worship him, and to see Jesus, who will reign forever and ever. You three should want the same thing. Thanks for caring, goody girls. But I think we'll stick to having fun here on Earth. Besides, if Jesus is going to reign forever, don't you think you should start building your ark right now? Get it? Rain, R-A-I-N, rain. <laughs> <laughs> good one, Natalie. <laughs> yeah, good one, Natalie. Please think about coming. We would love for you to know Jesus the way we do. We'll be praying for you. Come on, guys. That's my brother. He's picking us up today. He, we're going to the Jewish tattoo parlor on the way home and watch him get a spanky godfather tattoo. It'll be awesome. This will be my brother's 100th tattoo. He is so cool. Bye, goody girls. I am glad they are gone. But I wish they would come with us. It's crazy. I know. Those guys just don't get it. It's so sad. They live for now without any thoughts of their eternal future. I guess a lot of it has to do with their environment. Their parents don't care. Their brothers and sisters don't care. They are surrounded by people who don't care. They just live for the present. I think you're right. They don't even understand eternity. 
It's worse than that. They have no idea of what heaven or eternity is. You know, girls, I think about eternity and eternal things all the time. One of my favorite verses is 2 Corinthians 5, 6-8. We are always confident and know that as long as we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord. We live by faith, not by sight. We are confident, I say, and will prefer to be away from the body and at home with the Lord. What do you mean, Karen? I mean that I always try to gain a better understanding of what eternity is by making a mental list of as many things as I can think of. Lori and I may regret this because I sense an unbelievable amount of random scientific thoughts about to be spewed out of someone's mouth. <sighs> what kind of thoughts have you come up with, Karen? Well, some of these are kind of wild. I can't wait. <laughs> I've never shared these with anyone else. Of course, there's the obvious ones, the number line, numbers that never stop, the universe endless space. Then there's the stars. If the universe itself is endless, then there must be an infinite number of stars out there, some of them so far away that their light hasn't even reached us yet. I knew we shouldn't have asked. My head is starting to hurt. Then there's the circle constant pi, you know, 3.14, one, five, nine, and on. What's so infinite about that? Remember, algebra class? Pi never repeats. It's a decimal that goes on forever. Okay, okay, okay enough, enough already. I know, all this stuff sounds a little weird, but it helps me to grasp what eternity is all about. It gave us a headache. Seriously, guys, forever is a hard concept for us to understand. But we need to think about this stuff, and when we make decisions like... Could this affect my eternal home, or will it negatively affect other people's decisions? You make it sound so complicated, Karen. All I know is that as long as we try to follow in the footsteps of Christ and do the things described in the Bible, we'll have an opportunity to live with him forever. Think about it. No more sin. No more pain. No more homework. No more spanky Godfather fans. I try to remind myself of that every time I deal with people, just like Jeff, Sam, and Natalie, even though I really want them to know Jesus. That is a simpler way to think about it. Well, there's my mom. Gotta go. See you guys later. I see my mom coming, too. See you later. And there's mine. Don't forget your PJs.
You were there when your father said, let there be light. You obeyed when he whispered, son, you have to leave tonight. To spend nine months in a mother's womb, three days in a borrowed tomb. But it's the time in between that brings me to my knees, knowing you came for me and all that I can be. Don't take much for this crazy world to rob me of my peace. And the enemy of my soul says you're holding out on me. So I stand here lifting empty hands for you to fill me up again. But it's the time in between that I fall. The poem I wrote for T.I. Um, is called, this year is called True Love. The Lord is in my heart, so where do I start? I sing, I dance, I act for him, even when things look dim. The Lord gave his son to be the one, only one. The Lord sent to make us free. This love is great for you and me. The only way is Jesus Christ. By his death, he paid our price. By be-
Good morning. Just as a little background, I wrote this poem as a birthday card for my mom. And so I also wrote it from God's point of view, looking down on us. So that just may make it a little easier to understand. This poem is called Love for All Seasons. I knew you before you were, the years before I sent you here. Before you were even on this earth, I loved you to your full worth. Up in heaven years ago, when the lands would fill with snow, I'd let you go to romp and play and bring you in at the end of each day. I would watch on warm summer nights as you would go fly your kites. During the day was in the pool so as to keep you nice and cool. In autumn, I always made a pile of leaves for you to play in a while. You sometimes helped, but mostly played. As long as it was by me, you stayed. In spring, you loved to pick the flowers, and you could stay out there for hours. My watchful eye was always there, but you didn't really care. You loved me, and I, still, and I loved you, and you know that we still do. I long for what we used to have when we were nothing but glad.
Can you move this over? <laughs> Is there a way to get this little TV on <laughs> this thing? Does this thing have to be turned on too? It's okay. Can you turn this on now? I'll just start a while. Oh, I am? Oh, okay. I'm just loud then. <laughs> Hello, boys and girls. My name is Miss Robin, and one thing I like to do is play games. Do you? Great. Well, let's play a guessing game together. In my bag, I have things that will help you guess who our story is going to be about today. So put on your thinking caps. Who do you know that might be wearing a purple robe? You can just yell it out. <laughs> well, they might wear a purple robe, but that's not who our story is going to be about today, actually. Who might wear a purple robe and hold a... Hmm. Does anybody know what this is called? That's right. This is a scepter. Can you say scepter with me? A scepter is like a rod that you hold, and it shows that you have power and authority. How about these? Ah. We're holding this many. <laughs> Going to a party or a wedding would wear these beautiful jewels. Do you know who our story is about yet? I can tell you're thinking really hard. We have one more thing. <laughs> Who is our story going to be about today? That's right, a queen. See the jewels on this crown? That's just who we are going to be talking about a queen today and not a king. Now, here's a little tricky thing. There aren't many queens in the Bible that they refer to, 
but I think you're going to get an idea. Here's something that some people don't know. This queen had two names. Most people know the common name, but this is her other name. Can you say Hadassah? Very good. Can anyone tell me who the special queen in the Bible is? That's right. Let's learn about Esther. Thanks, Rachel. Now, Esther wasn't always a queen. When she was young, she became an orphan. An orphan is a child whose parents have both died. Because Esther did not have a mother or father, Esther's cousin Mordecai was kind to her and cared for her as she grew up. Esther and Mordecai were Jews, which means God's people. They lived in a country very far from Israel. But one day, when Esther is now a young woman, the most amazing thing happened to her. King Xerxes, the ruler in the city of Susa, was looking for a queen. He had all the most beautiful virgin girls brought to him. But here's, the, here's like the brightest thing ever. When King Xerxes saw Esther, he found much favor in her above all the other girls. It was that day that King Xerxes chose Esther to be his new queen. Esther now lived in the palace. Think of all the most beautiful jewelry the king must have given her. I bet it was even more beautiful than all this jewelry. The king also had his very own helper. His name was Haman. Haman did not like the Jews at all. Because of this, Haman wanted to kill all the Jews, including Mordecai. So Haman came up with a sneaky plan and tricked King Xerxes into writing a law to kill all the Jews. Esther now had a really big problem. King Xerxes and Haman did not know that she also was a Jew. She really wanted to talk to the king about Haman's plans, but she was afraid. Anyone who tried to talk to the king without being invited could be killed, including the queen. King Xerxes had not asked to see Esther for many days. And if they found out she also was a Jew, would they kill her too? Esther had a really big decision to make, possibly the hardest decision in her whole life. How do you think she was feeling? She was probably very scared. Sometimes when people are scared, they don't think clearly. So Esther went to Mordecai, her cousin Mordecai for help with her decision. Mordecai warned Esther by saying, Even though you are a queen, you will not escape the law. You must go to the king and tell him all about Haman's plans. Maybe this is why God brought you to the palace and made you queen, to save his people. Esther replied to Mordecai, I will go to the king even though I am afraid. But first, tell all the Jews I want them to stop eating for three days. Instead, fill yourselves with prayer. For, so for three days, Esther... Mordecai and all the other Jews did not eat anything, and they prayed. Then Esther got all dressed up in her finest clothes and beautiful jewelry, of course, more beautiful than this. And when she stood at the door where the king was, she was a little scared. But then when she walked through the door, she wondered what the king would do. But he held out his royal scepter and smiled at her to welcome her. Esther invited the king and Haman to join her for dinner. Haman was very happy and excited to get the dime with the queen for dinner. When they arrived at Esther's dinner, Esther told the king the truth about her being a Jew and how someone was going to kill all her people. Esther asked the king wholeheartedly to please save her life and the lives of her people. The king became very angry and said, Who would do such a horrible thing? Esther pointed at Haman. The man who wants to do this is Haman. The king had Haman taken away immediately. 
Esther, well, Queen Esther, Mordecai, and all God's people became very happy. But as you saw on that slide, because they were happy, he made a new law to protect all the Jews so that they wouldn't have to be killed. In this Bible story, Esther did the right thing to save God's chosen people. Sometimes we are afraid to do what is right for God. Did you know that you are sinning when you fail to do something good? Something that you know is the right thing to do for God. Most people think of sin as doing bad things. But you also sin when you fail to do something good. The Apostle James wrote, So whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it, for him it is sin. Esther would have sinned if she had not asked the king to save her people and her life. But she made the right choice. Even though she was scared, she chose to be brave, risk her own life, and carry out God's plan to fulfill her life and his purpose for her life. Wow, what a huge job. Can you imagine if you were that person? I know I'd be pretty scared. But God put her in that position of power and expected her to do her part to help his people. And she did. Every day, we have choices to make. Are they choices that are pleasing to God? I have found that four letters are very helpful when faced with a choice and a decision that needs to be made. WWJD, what would Jesus do? Here are a few examples of what I mean. Are you willing to stand up for a classmate that is being treated, by some of your, treated mean by some of your friends and risk losing your own friends? What would Jesus do? Are you willing to tell others about God's love and risk being made fun of? What would Jesus do? We need to think of God's purpose for everything that we do. The Bible says in 2 Samuel 2, 7a, Now then, be strong and brave. In this Bible verse, God commands us to be brave, but he doesn't expect us to do it on our own. He knows that we will be afraid sometimes, but that's why he gives us this verse. Hebrews 13, 5 says, Never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. So here God's saying, Well, I'm more powerful, so you don't need to be afraid of what the world can do to you, because I'm always here with you. Esther was not only brave, but she trusted God with the results. Let's turn in our Bibles to Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. And if you are problem signing the Bible verse, go to the table contents in the front of your Bible and look for Proverbs. Or if you open your Bible right in the middle, Proverbs is the book right after Psalms. Follow along in your Bible as I read aloud. The words may be a bit different, but the message is the same. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. You may be wondering, why should I trust God? I know that he used Esther to help his people from being killed, but that was a long time ago. Has he done anything for me? Yes, he did. He sent a substitute to take our place because he knew we are sinners. And because we are sinners, we are supposed to die. But he wanted to save us. So he sent a substitute to take our place, to die in our place. That person had to be perfect, without sin. Was there a volunteer? Yes, there was. Jesus Christ chose to die in our place. He took our place, died on the cross, but the best is yet to come. Three days later, he rose from the dead. He came back to life. Because he is alive, we can live forever with God in heaven, with God and Jesus in heaven if we just ask him to come into our lives. We can read all about this in John 3, 16, which says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, 
that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. I think that is a pretty good reason to wanting to trust in Christ. And if we ask, he will guide us in the right path to follow. Part of following Christ is living our lives for him. Romans 12, 1 says, Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. You see, God doesn't want just a little part of your life. He wants your whole life. He wants your whole entire life to honor him and everything that you do. If you look at your life right now, where does God stand? Is he number one? Or do you put other things above him? Like music, video games, or even your friends. Have you chosen to ask Jesus into your heart and let him be number one in your life? Let's pray and ask God to be the The laughter. The light. The risen king and ruler of our lives. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this wonderful day day that you have given us and allowing us all to be here today and come here safely. And I pray that if anyone in this room does not know you as their personal Savior, I pray that they make the choice to come up to one of us um, teens that have presented stuff this morning. And I pray that we all also have a wonderful day today and that we strive to want to serve you better and keep you number one in our lives. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Good morning. I don't have much time to speak today because we have so many kids that's doing so many things, which is a praise. Um, so what I want to do this morning is just present two challenges to everybody. And um, the kids in the youth group you know whenever I speak, I like to present challenges to people. I don't like doing the fluffy God is love thing. I want a challenge. And so for today, I'm not going to challenge the kids or the teens. I want to challenge the adults. And um, that challenge is, like I said, it was two things. The first challenge is, is this. Uh, a couple years ago, um, I taught in youth group, and um, I asked the kids, I was like, do you believe that you are the future of the church? And I asked them to raise their hand if they believe that. And most of them raised their hand. It's kind of a trick question, because if you really listen to what I asked, were they the future of the church? Not the future leaders of the church. Because, yes, they are the future leaders of the church, but they are the church right now. They are part of the universal church, and they are part of this local body. And they're not something separate. They're not something that's, you know, far off. They're not part of it yet. And so my challenge to the adults is, how many of you guys know these kids? How you guys have a relationship with these kids or know what they can do? If you've just seen today, these kids have amazing talents, and they have the abilities to serve God. Are we treating them as brothers and sisters in Christ that they are here comfortable in church? Like we have a kind of an issue with the, the disconnect from once they get out of youth, after, after they get out of youth group in high school, getting them plugged into church. We have Kendra that's back there. Ray, wave your hand, Kendra. She was the lifelong youth group kid there until 21. <laughs> um, but but we've, been, we've had that, that kind of disconnect where it was hard for our kids to be plugged into the local body. And I think part of the reason is we, we see them as a separate entity. 
They're not. They are a part of the church. So my challenge, number one, the first challenge is to all the adults. If you are here, get to know these kids. Make them feel comfortable as part of the body. They also are brothers and sisters in Christ. Second challenge, I have uh, stems from a commercial that I saw when I was a little kid. Um, back in the late 80s, early 90s, there was this big like drug-free push. You remember like the, the one that had the egg and it said, this is your brain, and they broke it and it went into the frying pan and said, this is your brain on drugs. Well, there was another one that kind of like really stuck into my mind, and it was like, it was the dad that was coming into the room. He had a box full of like drug paraphernalia and drugs and stuff like that, and he goes to his son, his son's sitting on the bed, and he says, is these drugs yours? And the kid's denying it, and he's denying it, and he's denying it. And then finally, the dad is like, uh, who showed you how to do this stuff? Does anybody know what the response to that was? You, all right. I learned it from watching you, was his response. And so the second challenge is, is stems from that commercial is to the adults is the kids, they look up to us. What sin and things are in our lives that are they able to mirror? Are they looking at? A lot of times we look at them and say, oh, it's their friends that are influencing them, or it's the TV, or it's movies, or it's music. Yes, those things do influence them. But as first as parents, yes, we influence them first. And then as other adults, they see what we do. And so our, the second challenge is examine our lives. Like, what, what is in our lives? What drugs, quote unquote, are in our lives that these kids are learning to do from us? So that's my challenges for you guys today. Uh, we have one more. We have large vocal coming up next. And I am just hope you guys enjoyed it today. Thank you.
Uh, can everybody stand so we can pray and dismiss? Father, we just uh, thank you so much for the talents and abilities that you give us, God. And uh, we just thank you so much that we have the opportunity to use them to glorify you. We pray, Lord, that um, as we see seeing the talents of these youth, God, and the things that they have taught us through song and through music and from teaching, God, that we don't just look at them as a performance or anything like that, but we take the message to heart, God, because these are your words, and that we'd be able to apply them to our lives as we leave here today. It's in Jesus' name. Amen.